Welcome to Exchange Church, where we desire to connect and grow people in Jesus. Thanks for listening to our Bible message today, and feel free to share it around. I like to uh, start by asking a question a lot of the time. I actually do that a lot at youth, and I want to do that here today as well. And it's more, more of a, a time to kind of contemplate, try to think back. Do you, have you ever maybe had a conversation with somebody and maybe they make a suggestion, maybe they have a thought, they speak out of wisdom and you just think to yourself, that is brilliant. It blows you away and you think to yourself, I'm going to go away. Uh, I've taken heaps out of this conversation. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do exactly what they've suggested. But alas, you forget all about it and then you just continue on your merry way as if that conversation never even took place. Being told something, being led, being given advice, being taught, as profound and as amazing as some of these lessons may be, they... They bear no use to us if we don't then act upon them and we don't implement them, implement them in our daily living. And that's what I want to talk about today, because reading the Word of God is powerful. It's life-changing. It's transformational. It's the most important thing that we could ever possibly do. But reading, listening, hearing the Word is one aspect Yet God tells us not to remain there, not to remain as hearers of the word, but to be doers of the, of the word and to apply it in our everyday living. So if we can, let's open up our Bibles. Let's go to James chapter 1, verses 21 through to 27. And we're going to hear what James has to say about this. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us here today to hear uh, what it is that you have to say. But we also pray that we won't remain as hearers, but that we would act on uh, what you teach us and what you uh, share with us and, and uh, any convictions that you lay upon our hearts here this morning. I pray, Lord, for softened hearts, for open ears and open eyes to hear and see what it is uh, that you are showing us and that then we would carry that on in our daily living. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so let's begin at verse 21. And James says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So, firstly, when there's a therefore, you ask, what's it there for? 
The context of James is therefore here is in relation to the tongue uh, and our attitudes within that sphere of conversation and, and those social aspects of life and how we honor God through this. So he was he was talking in the in the verses prior to be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to become angry, because anger within our flesh doesn't produce the righteousness that God deserves. So in that very context of the way that we present ourselves as ambassadors of Christ comes this very next teaching. Any filthiness, any rampant wickedness, let go of it completely. Kill it. Don't just subdue it for a season or two, because then you'll pick it back up. Completely nullify it, completely kill it. When we think of something that is filthy, what is it that you think of? Maybe you think of your clothes at the end of the day. Maybe you think parents, maybe you think of your kids' bedrooms. No, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Maybe you think of your own bedrooms. Maybe you think of uh, your body odour. Anyway, maybe you think of the kitchen after cooking dinner. And what is it that you do about it? Do you leave it to rot and to build up and, and to get worse? Because that's exactly, what will, you will, that's exactly what will happen if you don't do anything about it. It'll just build up. It'll just get worse. It'll just get messy. It'll just get dirtier. So what is it that we do? We clean it up. We clean up our room, we clean up our kitchen, you put your clothes in the wash, you have a bath, put deodorant on. Because filthiness is defeated by cleanliness. And the cleanliness of God defeats the filthiness of our flesh. So we need to kill that filthiness by holding on to God's purity. Now the word rampant in the Greek means super abundance so any wickedness that is filling our minds overflowing through our mouth or our actions to the point where it's becoming our character we need to own that and we need to put that away as well the principle here is this kill anything that is unhelpful to our call to being a witness for christ and also being a follower of Christ. It's not just that it creates a bad witness, but we need to think about our personal relationship with God as well. And we realize that when we're living in filthy patterns and we're choosing to abide by those filthy patterns, that actually damages our personal, intimate walk with Jesus. If we think about it, God asks us through his word to go one way, and then defiantly we decide to go another way, we aren't living in the fullness of what God has in store for us. We aren't living according to his word. And, and it's really important to do that because knowing his word is great, but it's ineffective if we're not putting it to its desired use. You know, Satan knows scripture. The demons believe and shudder. Knowing it isn't enough for a transformed and sanctified life. If we aren't actively pursuing God through it, following his teachings, following his commands, following the very character of Jesus Christ, who we model in, in our Christian walk. Of course, our salvation, it doesn't come based on our consistency to scripture, and, and that's something that 
we need to be 100% aware of. It doesn't come through doing the right thing more so than we're doing the wrong thing. It's not a works-based salvation. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And I think we hear that a lot here at at Exchange Church, and I think that's a good thing. I think we need to hear that a lot. We need to be reminded of that. We never want to get into this pattern of thinking that we've missed the mark based on what we've done, but we also don't want to get into the habit of thinking that we're so good either, and, and it builds a bit of a, um, an inflated ego. So what saves our souls? Well, it says it in this verse, the implanted word. The implanted word is the living word, and the living word is Jesus Christ himself. And this word is transformational. This word, it turns mourning into dancing, turns tears into triumph. This word turns loss into victory. And I'm not just simply talking about literally or physically here, but spiritually as well. This transformation that takes place in the lives of a Christian is through obedience to living the word, which in our country we're blessed to have. There's many countries around the world where you so much as look at one of these and you're up for jail. And that's on a good day. It can be worse. So I do encourage you, let us keep reading and studying our word. It's what we live our lives by. It's it's what gives us as Christians, it gives us that spiritual pulse. And it's through the living word that we've been transformed from sinner to saved. So let's now look at verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. When we think about school teachers, and we have many of them at our church, which is awesome, and many of them at the same school as well, which is brilliant. One of them is my son's teacher. Um, but school teachers teach so that we can apply that teaching in our lives. English teachers teach so that we can learn to read and to write and to articulate. Mass teachers, they teach so that we learn to count and add and subtract and multiply and devise. Some even learnt calculus, algebra. Good on them. PE teachers, they learn so that uh, they teach so that we can learn our fine motor skills, running, catching, balance, and those sorts of things as well. well. Just as a school teacher spends their time trying to help their students to learn and apply what they're teaching so too does God teach us about himself so that we can learn uh, about Jesus Christ, so that we can learn how to live according to him and according to his plans and his purposes for us. And then, so it's not something that we kind of just store in the bank and pull out when we need, but so that we can actively pursue this every single day. By reading and studying the Bible, we, we come to have this greater understanding This greater understanding of who God is, what he wants for us, what he asks of us, how we're to live according to his purposes. But the beauty as well is that we see God's glory in that. We see God's glory in his word. We see God's glory as he transforms and sanctifies us. We see God's glory when we see our brothers and sisters in Christ, when we see one another just building up in the gospel and in gospel living. But the reason that God has given us his word isn't just so we know it, 
Knowing it isn't a bad thing, but knowing this implanted word and then stashing it away is counterproductive to its entire purpose altogether. We have God's word, not to simply hear it, but that's so we may activate it in our everyday living. You know, there could be the greatest storer of scripture in the world. But if that person is able to retain every scripture, rally it off the top of their head, but isn't applying it in their life, I've got to ask, what's the use? By being doers of the word, we can apply all this in the very context of our lives and also the greater mission that is in front of us. And that greater mission, of course, is to go out, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. By being doers of the word, we're walking in the joy of the Lord every day. His word is joy. It is great joy. It is great peace. We're walking in lives of transformation as the Spirit sanctifies us daily. Every day as we read the word, we're being sanctified. We're being transformed. And being doers of the word, um, by being doers of the word, sorry, our relationship with God blossoms as we draw near to him. His word says as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. This is an incredibly important way of drawing near to God. In verse 23, let's turn there, James says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. I'll put my hand up here. That would totally be me. I would go to the bathroom, I'll brush my teeth, hair, shave, clean the sink down. I'll walk away and then I'll be like, did I, did I clean the sink? Did, did I shave? Did I do my hair? And then I'll go back and look in the mirror and, oh, okay, I've done it all. But without actively studying the word, it won't be implanted in our hearts, which means we won't see that transformation taking place. And we'll read the word, we might agree with it, we might even love what it is that we hear, but unless action is then being facilitated, unless we're deliberately seeking to study and to apply it, then we can quickly fall to the wayside with what we're meant to do when specific circumstances might arise. little bump in the road, and suddenly everything can fall apart. Because we might know bits and pieces of our Bible, but it isn't implanted. And therefore, when the rubber hits the road, we completely forget. We don't know how to respond. What do I do here? My world's just caving in. I don't know what to do. The answer is in the Bible. The reality is, the Bible's a big book. There are a lot of words, but there's no wasted words there either. There's no wasted space in Scripture. So, therefore, that means there's a lot of action points to learn. And unless we are genuinely devoting time to studying the Word, growing in the Word, and allowing God to shape us through His Word then we'll find that our responses to situations will be inconsistent with Scripture. I often tell people that reading the Bible is not like reading a Dr. Seuss book. I don't know why Dr. Seuss is always the first one that comes up, but now that's implanted because I say it a lot. But it's not like reading any novel. It's not something that you pick up, you read a couple of pages, put down, 
pick back a couple of days later. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good read. It's more than that. As we pick up our living word, we're devoting time to God. We're reading scripture so that we can grow in our understanding of God, in our relationship with him, and learning how to apply the teachings of God into our daily living. As I said before, for the glory of the Lord. Remembering, we sang a song before, the Bible, or um, Nath read a scripture before, sorry. The Bible is alive and active. It's not this dead thing. It's not some fairy tale, that some mystical book that someone wrote over 2,000 years ago. It's alive, it's spoken, it's the living truth of our Creator. And it's His way of communicating to us. Often, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of people ask me, man, God just never talks to me. And I just say, there's about 5,000 pages of Him talking to you here, depending on what type of Bible you have and how big the font is. My eyes aren't great these days, so my font's huge. Anyway. But that also helps him to build relationally with us as well. And furthermore, it helps build the church as we read together and as we grow together in his word. Builds us in our faith. He wants to see transformation happening in the lives of his children. As any good father would want to see their children thriving and and seeing their children uh, transforming and maturing as they get older, so too does our Heavenly Father seek that for us. And he's gifted us with his personal handbook to help guide us in this way. So let's make use of it. Now, this is why we have our CG groups, our Bible studies. We read the scripture. We discuss it as iron sharpens iron, so too we sharpen one another. We, we discuss our takeaways, what God is saying through it. And this helps each of us to learn on a deeper and richer level. And this is a method that many people use uh, when, they're, when they're studying their word. Perhaps even when people are working on sermons. I've had pastors in the past that have just come up to me and rallied off pretty much their whole sermon, not Todd, by the way, someone else, for half an hour. They'll sit down and I'll be sitting and I'll be trying to get a word in every now and again. They'll be hold on, hold on. And uh, they'll just be rallying off their whole sermon. But that helps them to build their understanding for what they're teaching as well. So it's, it's really, really important that we read the Bible actively. Pray as you read, cross-reference with other passages, read commentaries, talk with your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's lots of different ways that we can grow in the Word. Now, personally, I know that many of you do this, which is really, really encouraging. Um, But let's actively continue to do that, to pursue that desire to grow in gospel living for the glory of Christ. Verse 25, James says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So the key word here is acts. Let's remember that At the time of this writing, the people that James was writing to didn't have a New Testament the way that we have it today. They weren't able to just go to church, listen to a good 30-minute Bible talk, have some food and fellowship and good coffee, and then go home and then read it over again. They weren't able to do that. So because they didn't have the written word like we do, they had to listen especially well. And they had to be what I call active listeners. 
listening with intent and, and in the cause of the gospel, listening with hearts to transformed lives for God's glory. Living according to the word is not easy. Like I said before, there's a lot in it. Circumstances, sometimes they throw us around. But even when life is hard, James is telling us here to persevere. In the tough times, don't just throw it all away. No situation is worth throwing away a life of the gospel for. And in knowing the gospel, in knowing our Bible, and having that implanted in our hearts, we won't be throwing it away and we will be able to persevere. Sometimes it, it does take some serious resilience, some serious perseverance to keep on doing what God would have us do. I can assure you, I've had days where my batteries are depleted. I feel drained. I feel hurt. The life just is sucked out of me. But the word of God remains a word of truth. And the Bible talks a lot about perseverance. It talks a lot about resilience. Now, if I know what the Word of God says about what I ought to do, but I turn my brothers and sisters away because don't feel like it today, I'm going through some stuff, I'm not up for it, then that would mean that I know what I should do. So I've heard the Word, but I don't follow it. I'm not being obedient to it. Therefore, I'm not being a doer of the Word. Now, that doesn't mean not to have boundaries. Of course, we need to be able to say no sometimes. It's very important. But when it comes to hearing, and in our context, reading the Word of God, we're called to act as opposed to sitting idly by, uh, enjoying what we read, and then doing absolutely nothing about it. The Bible tells us to keep running the race, to keep persevering. So to be a doer of the Word, I'm not just going to quit because it's hard. Now, personally, what I normally do, if I'm starting to feel a little bit drained or a little bit overwhelmed, I might go outside, get a little bit of sun, maybe sit out there and pray for a little bit, come back in, and then just have this attitude shift of just, no, you know what? God, your will be done, not mine. And everybody has their own strategies. Whatever might work for you to ensure that you're running your own race that is beneficial for the gospel. Now, I was never a very resilient person, but through continuously opening up my word and hearing about the importance of resilience for the purpose of the, of the faith, for the purpose of God, for the purpose of the gospel, um, it has helped me tenfold. And, you know, I, I'm no poster child when it comes to resilience. I've still got a long ways to go myself. But through walking through that fire, God has refined me and he has shown me some of these things. So in those seasons, I learned some valuable ways to build perseverance, to build a bit of a backbone. So if we can be doers of the word in the struggle, that's a beautiful picture of faith. It's a lot easier to follow the instructions of the Lord, to be obedient to scripture when things are going well, but it takes a lot more courage to do so in the trials. And it shows a lot of maturity when this happens, and it also shows that we're being active listeners of the living word. So those are times to dig deep. You know, when we go through stuff, and if I can just go off track for a second, we need to remember that 
we do not have to and we should not have to ever go through any trial, any difficulty, any struggle. We should never have to go through that alone, ever. The church is not a great divide. The church of Jesus Christ is a united front. We walk together in Christ. We are. For, for a true Christian church, that is what we do. We don't think and we should not think that we ever have to go through any battle by ourselves. Talk to someone you trust. Talk to some wise counsel. Share your heart with people close to you. Allow them to speak some godly wisdom into you and your circumstance. But don't think that you ever have to fight your battle alone. All right, verse 26, James says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So this comes a little bit before James starts talking about the tongue, which is a little bit later on in chapter uh, 3. But here, and the way that we utilize the tongue does play a part in this, he's talking about hypocrisy. If person A says they are a devout Christian, they are a follower of God, they read their Bible day and night, they're well versed in scripture, and in the same breath, they're cursing and abusing and accusing and gossiping, then even though they may have heard the word, even though they may know the word, they're not being a doer of the word. Instead, they're being a doer of the world. And their belief, therefore, isn't acting or isn't being activated in their lives because they aren't reflecting Christ in their behavior. That gospel transformation, we want it to be evident in our lives, not just for one another to see, but for the world as a whole to see as well. See, there's something different about those Christians. What is it that's different about them? Well, we know. We know it's the Holy Spirit in us. We know it's the, the transformation of, of, and the work of, um, of God in our lives. We know that comes through knowing his word and through living his word. Our faith in Christ should be a faith that is undefiled. So undefiled means not corrupt, not impure, not unclean, and to be unstained from the world. The way to follow this path is just to follow the word of God closely. The Bible should be the most, is the most important possession that we own. And if you don't own one, let's change that. Just imagine for a second, if we read our Bibles as often as we scroll through our Facebook or our Instagram feeds, imagine if we studied the Word as much as we watch our favorite TV programs. 50,000 people at the soccer last night screaming their heads off during that penalty shootout. Imagine if we were that passionate about reading the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. Unless, of course, it comes in the place uh, of God and, and gets in the way of that relationship. Now, a pure belief, that is one that is honest and real, that sees to it that we would reflect God in submission, in service, and in suffering. Submission to God's word, service to God's will, and suffering for God's glory. 
And I pray that we would be a people who would honour God's word, who would seek so fervently, so passionately to live out his word, not just on Sundays, but also on Mondays, 9 o'clock a.m. as we start our working week or start school for the week. Live out his word, that we would boldly follow his word in every single thing that we do, every aspect of our life, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, the mundane tasks. Let's just do it for the glory of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which is implanted on our hearts, is there to transform us. It's there to sanctify us. It's there to mold us closer to his image. We will never be perfect on this side of eternity, but we can still certainly show Jesus Christ. So, in finishing up this morning, this is the big takeaway. The living word is transformational for our lives. As we seek to grow in gospel living, we do so out of the grace and the mercy of God as, as, and through being doers of this word, we are able to grow in Christ and see this transformation taking place for his glory. So read your Bible, hear the word that God speaks through his various prophets and messengers and, and people that he chooses to speak through, but don't finish there. Be a doer of what you hear. Live an active faith, a faith that represents Christ in your family, in your ministry, in your community, in your workplace, in your school, in church. It's also important to reflect Christ in church. Sometimes we think about how we can reflect him out in the world, but we want to reflect him within our own body as well. But we can't disciple people and we can't evangelize simply with head knowledge. That'll only take you so far before you that's enough. But with a heart for the gospel, with this God-given desire to seek to live in the merit of his word. By being a doer of the word of God, we are honoring Christ, we're glorifying the Father, and this is all through the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Well, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us. You have blessed us so abundantly with, um, with your written word, your truth, Lord, that we are able to read every day. I thank you, Lord, that in our country that there is no crime for reading our Bibles, that uh, we are able to freely open up uh, the passages of Scripture that you want to show us every single day. And Lord, I pray that uh, as we go about our week, Every day, every single moment that we read your word, Lord, uh, that we would want to activate that, that you would give us that passion, Lord, to, uh, to hear your word and to do that in our lives, Lord, uh, that we wouldn't stop at hearing, but we would continue, that we would study it, that we would want to know you more, and we would get to know you more through reading your word. Lord, I pray that we would be a Bible-reading church, a Bible-reading people, um, and a Bible-living church as well. Um, and that you would grow us in that, grow us in, uh, in our faith, grow us as a church, grow us individually in our relationship with you, and grow us in actively pursuing what you would have us pursue, that we would follow your plans and your purposes for our life uh, individually and collectively based on your word, Lord, and we would know how to act in different situations, whether we're, we're going through the high times of life 
or whether we're going through severe persecution, through knowing your word, Lord, we would know exactly how to respond to every situation in a manner that honors you, in a manner that glorifies you, in a manner that gives you all the praise and all the glory. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you found today's talk challenging and fruitful. Don't hesitate to get in touch by visiting our website or sending us an email. But we'd love for you to join us in person as well. 